Hello, everybody. Welcome. Bladed Merry Christmas for those who missed the gathering. This is Jose Zayas, and we're ending 2017 and getting ready for another great year. I hope that you're with a couple of other people. You may be watching alone, but the goal here is that you get together with some family and friends. Maybe you're having brunch or lunch, or if you really slept in, an early dinner and at least a cup of coffee. And what we want to do is engage in God's Word together. This is a special gathering. Two reasons. One, we want to say thank you to the many people who serve our church every week, faithfully teaching the kids, set up, tear down, music, production. We want to give them a weekend to spend it with their family and uh, enjoy the season. But secondly, we want to live out what we believe. Uh, uh, as a community, we believe we are the church. We don't just go to church. So this is as important of a gathering as when we're in the event center on a normal Sunday morning. Well, uh, we're about to move into a new year. And so what's going to happen? I have no idea, but let me ask you, um, what, what, what can you thank God for in 2017? What are the highlights? What has God done in your world? Where have you sensed his presence? Uh, what has got you sidetracked, uh, confused? Maybe this is a real difficult season. At the end of this teaching, here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna end with a couple of questions and I hope that you could take a few minutes and wrestle with those together, talk and share each other's story. There's so much that we can learn just by from what God's doing in our world week in and week out. Well, before you do that, before you finish your lunch or uh, engage in some prayer together, I do have a final word for you. And it happened to come from my Bible reading as I read a little portion each day. And it's from a small letter, second to last book of the Bible called Jude. So why don't you just open your Bible, go to Revelation, the final book, go to the left, one book. It's a one-page letter, and let's read from Jude together. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Uh, who's Jude, anyway? He happens to be Jesus' brother, also the brother of James. And who's this letter to? Well, we actually don't know. Uh, by the way he writes, we know that he has a relationship with this church, and we know that they're going through some struggles. So what's the final word for us as a community, as a church, as we end one year and spring forward and look to what God has in store? I think we find it right in this letter. Verse 20 again. But you, dear friends, relationship. Uh, he obviously knows them. And in a real sense, no matter what's going to happen, I think the word of God to us is to continue to build relationship, not just on Sundays, but with God's people as often as we can. When you think about what it means to follow Jesus, what comes to mind? Now, if it's buildings and sermons and music, that's okay. But in the end, ministry is about relationship. And following Jesus and serving him together is all about relationship. Remember, it's not just about you and Jesus, and that's a good thing and it is about you and Jesus, but it's about we and Jesus. So Jude is writing God's word to men and women who he has relationship with. Now, what's his word to them? Dear friends, and then there's one command in a lot of parts. So I'll, I'll jump to the one command. Look at verse 21. Keep yourself in God's love. With all the highs and lows and the I don't know what's gonna happen, 
in the coming year? How do we grow? How do we commit to uh, increase in our relationship with Jesus and his people? Keep yourself, is what he says, in God's love. Now, at first, that's like a strange command. Like, is God going to stop loving me? Like, am I going to lose God's love? Well, in one sense, no. If you read the Bible beginning to end, you realize that God is actively pursuing his people. He's, he's after Adam and Eve and after everyone that follows. God is the one who's always looking, trying to draw us close. But if you do read the Bible carefully, you realize that at times people can be resistant. They can start uh, close and in touch with God and following his commands and going his ways, but over time slip back, slide, and find themselves far from living the life that God intended. So God's word to us, the one command in here, which has lots of parts, is keep yourself, keep yourselves. All of us need to grow in God's love. God's position towards you will always be loving and caring. He's always trying to bring you close. But we do have to be honest. If we're not careful, we can fall back and fall out of sync with God's rhythm. And so the command to us, the action point is be intentional. Now, by the way, this has to do with every kind of relationship. So whether you're a mom or dad or have a girlfriend or you just have good friendships, all relationships require time, energy, commitment, focus, discipline. Uh, relationships don't thrive on accident. They require intentionality. So the word to us from Jude, from scripture, is to intentionally keep yourself and your community in touch with God and his love. Now, how do you live this out? And one of the beautiful things is this is a super practical application point. Jude gives us three things that we can do to increase the temperature, so to speak, to create an environment where our love will grow with the Lord Jesus and with his people. Let's look at the first one. How do we uh, keep ourselves in the love of God? We'll look at the first thing, verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, the first thing that we can do is keep building together. Think about what God's done in the coming year. Who has he used in your life to build you up, whether it's formally, like a teacher, a podcast, or a book, or just those ongoing relationships, those coffee meetings, that impromptu phone call. God's always designed that he would work through his people. Think about what we've been studying in Romans 12 and in Romans all of this year, but particularly Romans 12, we've been looking over the last few weeks at the gifts, how the Holy Spirit shows himself to be God in and through us. And we're one body, like Paul says in Romans 12, one body in many parts. And so each person, each member of the body is important. Keep building yourselves up in the most holy faith. How are you going to thrive in the coming year? Well, a couple of things. One, what does Jude do? If you read the whole letter, and I encourage you to do it, it'll take about 10 minutes. If you read, especially from verses five through 11, Jude reminds them in their struggle, and again, we don't know what their struggle is, just like I don't know what your struggle is, but he tells them in their struggle, look at how God has worked. And if you read carefully and look at the margins of your Bible, you see that he, he goes through the story of God and then he even includes not just Bible, but some practical examples that happened currently in their history. So in scripture and in history, you see patterns 
where God works with his people. Now, he uses specific examples to remind them there were people in scripture that fell away from the love of God. They started well and ended poorly. They started with zeal and ended in a fizzle. And I don't want that for you, my friend. Neither does God. So how do we resist the temptation to fall back in the coming year? Keep building yourselves up together. Jude starts with scripture. He says, this is what God has said and done. Therefore, don't go with their bad example. Live up to God's calling. And I could say the same for you. So a couple of practical things. One, build yourself up together in scripture. Are you reading the Bible? Now, this is not a test and a guilt trip, but the number one, hear me, the number one way that you can keep building yourselves up in the most holy faith, which by the way, that phrase is just the gospel, the the good news that's been passed on of Jesus, his life, burial, uh, life, death, burial, and resurrection, and his promise to return. How do we build ourselves up? by getting into what God has said, if I would say daily. Why read the Bible every day? The day that you don't need God's presence in your life, don't read the Bible. <laughs> well, I need him every day. And so what, what can you do to, to grow in building yourselves up? Get a plan. What do I do every year? I use version, and I encourage you, go to your app store, download version. It's just the Bible, every translation conceivable. And there are Bible reading plans. Now, some say, should I read the Bible in a year? I'd say, yeah, if you can or you're able to. But don't get on the guilt trip of reading everything in a year. Read the entire Bible over the next three years. How about this? You can go on version, and you can even, or, or the Bible Project is another great one. I'd recommend the Bible Project reading plan, or I did the one-year Bible this year with Nikki Gumbel, and it was a fantastic one. You can just Type in on the search one-year uh, Bible plan, Nikki Gumbel, and it gave various places to read and a summary and background information on everything you read, a little devotional. It really helped me out, especially in parts of the Bible that weren't as clear or what I would call boring, if I could even say that, like hard to understand. Those daily devotions helped out. The Bible Project, you could read just the gospel in 90 days. Maybe just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over a period of three months. Frankly, in one sense, I don't care how much you read. I just care that you read. Here's why. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would remind us of everything Jesus has said. And so if I'm not putting my eyes to what God has said, how can the Holy Spirit fuel me towards what God is saying in the moment. Number one, read the Bible. Another thing that I would encourage you to do to build yourselves up is deepen your connection with community. As a church, we have 26 West communities. We have 30 to 40 of them. They meet all over the city. And this isn't a legalistic thing. Maybe in your life situation, uh, the 26 West communities aren't working right now. Can I just encourage you? Would you try again in 2018? It could be starting a new one. One other couple, or one other family. We'd love to resource you. We have a director of communities to guide you and coach you. Wouldn't it be great if consistently you committed to meet with other brothers and sisters in our church? Here's why. You never know, Romans 12, you never know how various parts of the body, how God's going to use someone else to build you up in that moment of crisis. My friend, you have no idea what 2018 is going to bring, and you don't know when the highs are going to be high and the lows are going to get low. But if you commit to community life 
and that is living out your faith with other people in our church, I tell you, the Holy Spirit might use someone else at the right moment to be a blessing in your soul. Okay, so Bible, community, a couple other things. Join a serve team. How do you get to know more people in the church? You know, by engaging in ongoing service. It could be set up and tear down on the weekends. It could be helping out with our youth on Wednesday nights, kids on Sunday mornings. There's all sorts of opportunities to serve. And friend, if it's not in our church, serve somewhere. Serve in your community. Serve, uh, find some way to volunteer or serve at your job or in your neighborhood. By giving your life away, you're going to build yourself up. And you're gonna keep yourself from feeling lonely and isolated. So Bible, community, serve teams. One more, mentor. We have something called Life on Life. And if you've been following Jesus for a while, you can invest in the life of a younger person, maybe like younger in age or just younger in the faith. My point is there's lots of ways to engage this year. Scripture, community, uh, serving and mentoring are just four. Find out what you're gonna do this year to engage with other believers. And as Jude says, that will keep yourself and it will keep your group in the love of God. All right, the first thing, keep building together. But there's more. Secondly, keep praying together. Just look back at verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, prayer is one of those confusing and frustrating uh, parts of following Jesus. Prayer is either not happening at all. You know, sometimes we just feel like I'm talking to the ceiling. I don't know what to talk about. I run out so fast. So many of you, uh, you've struggled in the area of prayer. I would just say to keep yourself in God's love, let's, let's learn to foster a growing prayer life. Now, what's prayer? It's simply speaking to God and listening. So it's not a one-way line of communication. It's two-way. We spend time pouring out our heart to God, whether it's alone in the morning or at night, or together when your community meets, or at church, and stopping to respond because God has things to say to us. So whenever I pray, I try to pray with my Bible open because you never know what God has already said that may come up as a response to what you're even crying out for. In other words, I'm in, in scripture and praying because in order to hear what God is saying, I need to know what God has said. Keep praying together. You know, when you think about Jude's aspect to prayer, he says, pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, notice if you go back just a couple of verses, verse 19, he talks about people who are false teachers trying to pull people away from the true gospel. Look at the end of verse 19, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Holy Spirit. Why does Jude say pray in the Holy Spirit? Because there are people who are going to church who do not have the life of God. But you, if you're a Jesus follower, you have the Holy Spirit. He says about those people, they're far from God, they're away from the gospel, and they don't have the Spirit. But when I pray, let's remember I'm never alone. I may be by myself, but I'm never alone because God the Holy Spirit lives in me and with me and wants me to know the heart of God. That's why uh, we see about prayer what we already studied back in Romans 8. As a matter of fact, just turn there. Turn to Romans 8 and let's look at what the Holy Spirit does when we pray. Romans 8, and I'll uh, start in verse 26. In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. See, like, don't feel bad when you run out of things really fast. But the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Uh, this year, I hope, will be growth for all of us in the area of prayer. And so as a church, there's some practical things we want to do. One, encourage you day in and day out to develop a constant, consistent prayer life. Now, that could be three minutes. I mean, if you have to set the timer, we don't want to be legalistic, but three minutes pouring out whatever you can think of to God, whatever you're thankful for, whatever you're grateful for, whatever you're troubled by, whatever struggle you're facing, or even praying better for other people that you know and lifting their names and their issues to God. And then also learning to listen. I think part of the prayer that, uh, dimension of prayer that we forget is it's not just talking, it's pausing and trying to see if there's anything that God might want to say to us. We, we looked at that in, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and prophecy that God does speak in the moment, but also, like I said, praying with the Bible open and seeing if there's things that God has said that might speak to my situation or the situations of the people that I'm praying for. So prayer by yourself, but prayer in groups. I pray best, to be honest, not when I'm alone, but I, I feel like I'm most connected to God when I'm with one or two or three people. And so whether that's in your 26 West community or whether that's a couple of people who are following Jesus at school or work, intentionally look for places and times where you can gather with people. And frankly, it doesn't have to be all night. It doesn't have to be hours. I'll tell you, just like exercise, a little bit goes a long way. And the more you do something regularly, it becomes a pattern in your life and you begin to crave more. My hope for you as one of the leaders in our church is that you would grow in scripture this year and that you would grow in intimacy with God and in conversation with God through prayer. A couple of things that we're gonna do is we've expanded prayer together on Sundays. So maybe it's committing once a month, every Sunday, eight o'clock in our main staff room, there is 45 minutes set out to pray. Now, it's not led by anyone. You come in and there's a little a sheet guiding us, but you can make a commitment once a month. It's available every Sunday, but I'd say just start once a month. Come early to the gathering, open your Bible, get a sheet of paper, and using a little bit of a guide, uh, take 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes praying. Uh, pray for yourself, pray for the people in the room, pray for your church. Healthy habits develop as we're intentional, which is why Jude says, if you wanna keep yourself in God's love, number one, keep building together, build each other up, and then keep praying together, praying in the Holy Spirit. Uh, in the early part of the year, we're gonna do a prayer training. I've had enough people ask, honestly, how do I grow in praying for other people? So just it, hopefully you follow our e-weekly or, or check online. We're gonna do a three-week prayer training to give you practical skills and how to be a good listener. Because when we're praying for one another, sometimes we feel frozen. Let's be honest. We're like, gosh, what do I say to that situation? Or how do I take what someone said and point them back to what God has said in scripture? So we're going to do a three-week prayer training to equip you with practical skills and learning to pray one for another. All right, Jude says, in order to grow in love of God and in God's love for us, keep building together, keep praying together. And then he tucks in one more thought in Jude 21. Keep yourself in God's love. And here's the phrase, as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. 
Uh, in their struggle, even though we don't know the details, what does Jude say? He reminds them that they have been saved, they are being saved, and God's mercy will be revealed. In other words, they will be saved. What do you do when you're struggling and you don't know what's going to happen this year? In 2017, I had wonderful announcements of couples saying, hey, we were praying and, and God gave us a child or we've been dating and now here's the date we're getting married and we rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And I've also had friends say, hey, I'm sorry, I don't know if you heard, but I've lost a loved one or I've come down with, whether it's cancer or something else. We don't know what the future will hold, but we do. What's the third thing that we can do to keep in God's love? Number one, keep building together. Number two, keep praying together. And the third thing is keep expecting together. Uh, he uses the phrase here as we wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. That, that word wait could be, could be also expect. Uh, eagerly anticipate. You see, Jude knows that Jesus' promise to return is true. And what God has said will always come to pass even though I don't see it right now. And if you want to continue to grow and thrive in your faith, you need to remember, and the mature believer learns to remember that God's timing is not always our timing. And so there are seasons of struggle, but that doesn't mean Jesus isn't with you. So what can I do? What can you do? We can keep expecting together. You know, when we're involved in the church, really, not just you know, filling a seat on Sunday, but really and intentionally growing with other people in our church, we're going to be there when they hit that low and remind them that not only is Jesus there, he's going to bring you to eternal life, Jude says. And that is an absolute promise. You have nothing to worry about when you choose to place your faith in Jesus Christ. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. God comes to live with you. And you can know that you know that you know that you know that he's going to lead you to the end. He's going to bring uh, to completion the good work, like it says in Philippians, that God has begun in your life. So God's going to lead you to eternal life. Great, but what do I do now when life's a wreck? That's why we need each other to remind ourselves that we are in Jesus. Jesus is in us and we are making our way towards God's future together. Now, as you wait for for God's mercy to be revealed. In other words, I'm experiencing mercy now. God's with me. But the ultimate, ultimate mercy is when Jesus returns and the heavens and the earth are made new and I'm with God forever. That's the hope that we have. Oh, by the way, wait does not mean sit around and do nothing. As we eagerly wait for this mercy to be revealed and, and Jesus to bring us to eternal life, I need, I need to read the next couple of verses because it tells us what we do while we wait. Look at uh, verse 22. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. How's that for a phrase? To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. I don't have time uh, today to get into all of that, but what Jude says is as we wait for God's mercy, we're going to extend mercy. So there are people in the church who are beginning to have questions about their faith, and that may be you. What do we do as a community? We don't look down. We don't put down. We don't put off. We don't push away. We love one another. As God is giving us mercy and promises future mercy, we extend mercy to one another. So when you start to question your faith or have doubt about what God has said, 
I'm here to be there for you, to encourage you, and to, to extend patience and care and mercy in your life. And to others who are about to jump off the deep end because there were, there were those who were being tempted to give up the faith. There were people in the church that were not truly following Jesus. And those who did have the Holy Spirit started to see them. And Jude warns them, there are times where we need to snatch people as if from the fire. We need to get in each other's face, not out of hate, but out of love and warn one another and say, hey, look, I love you enough to say, I see these patterns and they're very unlike Jesus. And I'm concerned as I know God is concerned. See, that's expecting together. I'm counting on you to be there for me and you should count on me <laughs> to be there for you. This is why Jude is talking to the whole church. And even though we're spread all around the city today and our gathering's different because I can't see you face to face, expect God to work in your life through one another. So to some give mercy, to others as though snatching them for the fire and others mixed with fear. You see, we don't want to go out there and live like those who've given up on their faith or ignore Jesus Christ. So we want to live lives that are pleasing to God and holy. And that's why we need one another. Keep building each other up together. Keep praying together, talking to God, listening to God together, learning from one another, and keep trusting, keep expecting God to do what he wants to do in and through us this year. In doing these things, these are other like small verbs or small commands, we will grow in God's love as a community this year. I know God has great things for you and for me in the coming year, but as we go to the edge of 2017 and you do your evening celebration and we gather next Sunday, first Sunday, all together back at the event center, what can we do right now? Because let's forget about the next few days. What can we do based on what we've heard? Before you leave, hopefully you're together with some other people. If not, you can do this by yourself. I want to leave you with two questions that can guide a conversation. There's so much that we can learn from one another. And I want us to be honest, as honest as we can be, around these two questions to respond to what Jude teaches us in God's word. Question number one, what do we need to adjust? What adjustments need to be made to make room for more of God's presence in the coming year? Uh, if I, as I look back at the last few months, you know, it's easy to, to fall off of a good rhythm. And let's be honest, just as one of your leaders, there are weeks where I feel close to Jesus and there are weeks where he seems miles away. That's the normal rhythm. But when I feel like I'm slipping from God's love, I need to remember God hasn't gone anywhere. His posture towards me is blessing and love and grace. But it's me, it's, it's up to me to respond to God's love by making adjustments. Adjustments is a nice way of saying repentance. Repentance is the biblical word where we, where we literally have a change of mind or a turn. The visual is I'm going one direction and I realize that's taking me away from God's presence. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back, I'm going back home to where God is and where life is thriving. And so what adjustments do you need to make in the coming year that would put you in a position to keep building and praying and expecting together? Second question is kind of like it. Uh, what's your plan for growth in the scriptures in 2018? Let's get super tangible. I think the primary way as Jesus followers that we're gonna grow is by learning 
what God has said. How can I know what God is saying if I don't know what he said? So what's your plan? Now, as a group, if you're with some people, I encourage you, learn from one another the things that went well this year. But if you made it to, to March, and I'm being generous, if you made it to March and haven't really spent time in scripture, don't have a guilt trip, just have a change. And as a group, encourage one another, write down your plan so that the people that are there with you can check in on you mid-January, mid-February, mid-March, even into mid-April, to make sure, not as a legalistic rule, but as an act of love, you and I are spending as much time with Jesus as we can in reading the scriptures. Well, uh, I, I look forward, if, if something happens in your conversation that is stirring, please take the time, email me. I'd be so encouraged to hear what happens in your group time. But if not, let me just pray uh, in the new year for all of us as a church. And I look forward to seeing you uh, next Sunday together at the event center. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for all of your grace, your mercy, your kindness this year. Thank you that you haven't given us the things that we deserve because we are free to confess that there are parts where we've just failed you and ignored you and uh, even rebelled against you. But Lord, we come back. We turn because we know that you love us. We want to live more like you in the coming year. And we want to be used by you, God, to show mercy to people even to snatch some as if from the fire. Lord, there, there are people that are going to turn from you, but we want to be useful to say, no, come back. God loves you and is for you. And God, we want to be useful in our city. We want to love people. We want to let them know how much you care and that they would experience life in you, that they would turn and be rescued and become children of God. So Lord, we come to you now at the tail end of the year and say, more. We want more of your presence as we're alone with you, more of your presence as we come together with our brothers and sisters, more of your presence and, and more of hearing and seeing you at work when we gather on the weekends. Jesus, we want more. So Lord, we're not going to make empty promises that we know will fail, but rather we say, here we are. Uh, fill us again and use us in ways that are beyond us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I love you. On behalf of the elders and the pastors and the many leaders, we thank God that we're a family together and we look forward to more in 2018.